So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And it's the 23rd of February. It's the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time. And help me again to produce the programme again. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Thanks a lot for joining me again, Shane. And this, as we said, the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time, and it's midway through, nearly towards the end of February. Not too far off Lent, but we'll speak about that shortly. I say, my name is John Keeley. Um, again, we want to welcome especially our listeners who are housebound, those who are lonely and struggling in some way. And we don't just say that just as a matter of saying it. We know that there's people out there who are sick and are lonely and are housebound. We know there's people who might be listening to us late at night, about Sunday night, again, on their own. You're very welcome, and we hope we'll bring you something that would be of interest to you this morning and something that will uh, encourage you to continue on uh, facing each day. Our programme, uh, this programme, uh, is broadcast on Sacred Space. That's a programme on West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And it's available for playback and download on commentsinspirations.buzzprep.com. As I said before, just go on to Google, Google Commentsy Inspirations and you'll get us there. Again, as I mentioned before, we're also on Spotify and also on iTunes. We can be contacted anytime during the week. You can contact us by texting 87 6088667. That's 087 6088667. And please do contact us. Don't be afraid. It might be a piece of music we said before. It might be a guest you might like us to have on. It might be a top a, a face topic you might want to chat about. Give us a give us a text 087 6088667. Or you can email us and that's on sacred space. 102 at gmail.com. Now Shane, would you like to introduce some saints for the week, please? Yeah, um, so this week, of course, we are entering into the season of Lent on Wednesday. So in terms of the liturgical calendar, what we're doing is we Monday and Tuesday are the seventh week of ordinary time. And then on Wednesday, of course, as it's Ash Wednesday, we into, enter into what's, of course, affectionately known as the joyous season of Lent. So for those praying the Psalter, Monday and Tuesday, we're on week three. And then Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, we're on week four of the Psalter. Now, in terms of... I suppose, John, just as just, you know, Lent, the Lenten season, uh, I suppose we just should just say that for the Lenten season here on Sacred Space 102, uh, what we're proposing to do over the next couple of weeks is we're going to take and make reflections on the Stations of the Cross over the five Sundays of Lent. And of course, Stations of the Cross is one of many traditional devotions associated with the period. But of course, the predominant thing associated with the season of Lent is prayers, uh, is prayer, almsgiving and fasting. Uh, now, after the, on part two of the program, we're going to have Colm Hogan on from Trokra, uh, and which can talk about one of the ways where you can help with the almsgiving. But of course, fasting and prayer is also a strong focus, and we'll be mentioning and reflecting on bits and pieces of those over the next couple of weeks on the program as well. Now, in terms of the celestial guides for the week, so Monday the 24th, now, of course, I should say, sorry, John, uh, as we enter into the season of Lent, Lent takes precedence over the calendar of the saints because it is, it is, it is a key season in the church's year. So we will be mentioning the saints <clears throat> over the next couple of weeks, but during the, season of Ad, or during the season of Lent, the saints' names, the saints' celebrations are what are called commemorations. They're not given the full... Uh, celebration that they would normally be get, given in the liturgical calendar. So that's just something to mention and bear in mind as we move through the next couple of weeks. But anyway, before Lent starts, on Monday, 
we have the feast day of Blessed Joseph ba Mayer Nassour. Now, this gentleman is uh, from, he's Italian. His brother became a priest. He was very much involved with um, Catholic action in the 1930s in Italy, became head of that association around Trent. He was a student who studied the writings of Thomas More and Thomas Aquinas, and he joined the covert anti-Nazi group Andreas Hofferbund in 1939. He was drafted into the German army in World War II and was sent to Prussia for training. And in 1944, he announced that his fate prevented him from taking the oath of loyalty and obedience to Hitler. And he was imprisoned for his belief. And he was sentenced in February 1945 to be executed in the Dachau concentration camp where he died en route there. And he's regarded as a martyr for the faith. Then on Tuesday, the 25th of um, February. Now, this is an interesting one, John. It's not one I'd come across before. But it is the day to mark what's called the to mark the holy winding sheet of Christ. Now, I'll be honest, John. I hadn't come across this particular um, uh, thing on the um, on the calendar before, and I have to do some a bit more research where the feasts are coming out of. But what it relates to is it's around the the veneration given to the Shroud of Turin. And it's a day that's set aside in the liturgical calendar, particularly in the Diocese of Turin, to venerate what are called the Holy Winding Sheets of Christ. So I just thought it was an interesting one that I'd bring to people's attention this week. Wednesday, of course, is Ash Wednesday. So remember, man, thou art dust, and unto dust you shall return. It is a day of fast and absence. Now, oddly enough, John, it isn't technically actually a day of obligation. Um, there, you don't actually have to go to Mass on Ash Wednesday, but obviously, of course, it is the good thing to do. But it is technically a day of fast and abstinence. Fast and abstinence means that you, sh if you are over the age of seven and under the age of 65, you are in good health and you are not pregnant, if you're a woman, obviously, that you are required by the church tradition to have one main meal during the day and to have two small collations and to abstain from meat. Uh, that's 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 basically what it what that's what it involves and revolves in terms of fast and abstinence. Then Thursday is the twenty seventh, so this time uh, we were looking at the commemoration of Blessed Mark Barkworth. Now he is one of the saints of, of the martyrs of Dewey. He died in. Uh, he was hanged, drawn and quartered in 1601 at Tyburn and he was arrested and condemned for the crime of being a priest and he's one of the English martyrs. Then on the 28th of February, uh, which is the Friday after Ash Wednesday, we have the commemoration of Blessed Stanislav Antoni Trojenski. Now, obviously, with a name like that, the gentleman is obviously Polish, and he's one of the 108 martyrs of World War II. He died in 1942 in Auschwitz. Um, he was canonized, sorry, he was beatified by John Paul II in 1999. He is one of the, he was very much involved with, uh, he was a brother, a Franciscan brother, and associated with the Friars Minor Conventional with Maximilian Kolbe. It's the same monastery that Maximilian Kolbe founded. So he's one of that, uh, that congregation who died in Auschwitz. Oddly enough, Saturday, next Saturday, is the 29th of February. And I actually couldn't find a saint of the day, uh, despite my best efforts, because, of course, it is a leap year. That's uh, so, for you, anyway, so, Shane. Yes. So I'll have to look it up and see if I can have something for next week, and I'll bring it to people again, bring it to people's attentions 
uh, attention next week. Now, as well as that, John, of course, uh, th- that means next Sunday is the 1st of March. So obviously we'll be entering into the new month. And of course, as we said, entering into the joyous season of Lent. Thank you so much for that, sir. Thank you. Just a few notices I want to bring to listeners' attention. Just received in um, a, a notice there from our good friends in the Emmanuel community, Geraldine Creighton. Just to let us know about um, the parish of Mungret, Krakora and Raheen, beginning a series um, each, uh, each Friday uh, during Lent of adoration in front of the Blessed Sacrament. It's begin a journey of discovery during Lent to seek and find Jesus in adoration. One hour programme on Fridays during March from 8pm to 9pm. It's 8pm to 9pm at St. Nesson's Church in Raheen. There are several ways to seek Jesus and several ways to find him, says this notice. For example, in the liturgy, in prayer, in meeting other people. But the privileged place of his presence is the Eucharist, prolonged by the adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. So again, the 6th of March, 13th, 20th, 27th of March, Friday's event, 8pm to 9pm. Who's this for? Well, it's for you. If you're not familiar with adoration, I'd like to know more. Or for you, if you've already spent time in adoration, you'll want to renew yourself and get and get out of a routine. What will happen each Friday of March, beginning at 8pm? Well, you'll receive new insights and practical resources on Eucharistic adoration. You'll learn a new adoration song. You'll hear a themed reflection on adoration. You'll spend time in silent adoration. And, of course, afterwards you can sh- chat and share a cuppa of tea afterwards in the Millennium Centre there in Raheen. So that's 8pm, 9pm, one hour, and the Fridays of March, beginning the 6th of March. Um, again, we mentioned that a number of weeks ago about certain events that were taking place in Glenstall. So on the 29th of Saturday, which is next Saturday, um, come and see, rest, refresh, reflect. This is for young adults, a day for young adults aged between 20 and 35. So the programme, as I said, is on um, that Saturday next, 29th of February, 10am to 5pm. Meditation and Life's Journey, an introduction to the monastic practice of meditation. Participants are invited to experience the, alter- the alternating rhythm of word and silence while resting at peace, uh, at the peace that comes. So that's, um, that's in Glenstar, uh, next Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And the suggested donation is between 10 and 20 euros. You can register now by going on to the Glenstar website. So that's, that's, that's a, an invitation to young adults. Uh, come and see, rest, refresh, reflect uh, for young adults, 20 to 25. Uh, just one more little notice I just want to bring to people's attention here, and that is a desert day. The, a, a desert day will take place in Westbourne, Ashbourne Avenue, on Saturday the 29th of February from 10.30am to 5pm. This day will give an opportunity to enter more deeply into the season of Lent in the peaceful surroundings of Westbourne Convent. There will be time for quiet prayer, reflection, and the sacrament of reconciliation will conclude with the Eucharist. Booking is essential and unlimited. So for more information, contact Sister Phyllis Moynihan. And Sister Phyllis can be contacted on 087-963-6893. That's 087-963-6893.
Phyllis sister Phyllis Moynihan. You can email her at phymoy at yahoo.co.uk. That's a desert day in preparation for Lent. A desert day will take place in Westbourne, uh, Ashbourne Avenue, on Saturday next, 10.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. And the last one, I just want to try and squeeze in here, a rise that, that takes place in Knox Shrine, to 20, March, the 20, March the 7th, excuse me. There will be inspirational days, uh, including speakers, music, celebration, fun, and a chance to meet with other young adults uh, and much more. Registration is from 10 a.m. And the day will finish at 4.30 p.m. Um, 4.30 p.m. The cost is 10 euros. About this event, well, whether you're confident in your faith or you feel you have more questions than you know what to do with, a rise in knock on the March the 7th is a day for you. It's going to be a laid-back and fun. It's also going to have thought-provoking speakers, inspirational testimonies and powerful moments of reflection and prayer. We have workshops and drumming. It's an opportunity to celebrate your faith with people from all around Ireland in Knock. More information, contact Aoife Walsh, and she's at the Diocesan, at the Limerick Diocesan Centre, St Munchens, Corbally, Limerick, 061, um, 061 That's 061-350-000. Aoife Walsh at the Limerick uh, Diocesan Centre. Now, just before we, before we go for our piece of music, just spiritual communion prayer, and this is for all those people who, again, are on their own, in their own houses, maybe this evening, this morning, should I say, and maybe this evening, on Sunday evening. A spirit of communion prayer for, for all those who are joining us today. Prayer, my Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we'll go for our first bit of music, as I said this morning, and this is a piece of Teze music, and it is entitled Jubilate Alleluia from Teze. So let's say this, come back and join us in part two, where we'll be joined by Colm uh, Hogan from Troker, who will let us know all about the work, the wonderful work they're doing, and especially uh, what's involved with this year's campaign. Cry out with joy to God all the earth. Jubilate Deo Oh 
So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Still joined uh, on the Skype line by Shane Ambrose. And a pleasure for me to welcome back again this year and to our Come and See program, um, Colm Hogan from Trocric. Good morning to you, Colm. Uh, good morning, John, and thank you very much for the opportunity to speak to your speak to yourselves and to your listeners again and thank you so much again for agreeing to, to chat with us again of course it's this time of the year uh, traditionally in Lent where we're in Ireland anyway we try to do our little bit as best we can for those who are um, need our help in different parts of the world maybe just before I start and yet I, I might just play this picked up early on today just to give the listeners a little bit of a, a flavour and then we can come back and we can have a chat so listen to this For over 40 years, families across Ireland have offered love and support to families in the developing world. When people lose their homes, you offer protection. When people cannot grow food, you help feed them. When people are silenced, you help their voices to be heard. When people face violence and fear, your love stands with them. Throkra is the Irish word for compassion. This compassion is rooted in Irish culture. Together, Throkra and Irish families brought love and support to 2.8 million people in the developing world last year. In drought-ravaged Malawi, families are able to grow food. In Somalia, Families have access to health care. In Myanmar, families driven from their homes have shelter. In Central America, communities have been helped secure their right to land. This support is an expression of solidarity with our one human family. It is an expression of our values and our identity. It is an expression of our love. Trokra, until love conquers fear. I just played that little bit of a clip that I picked up early on today from the Trokra website there, um, Colm. Um, would it do justice to what Trokra do, or would you like to add something to that, please? 
Well, John, it it, it adds um, great uh, greater uh, evidence of what we do because Trocra, we believe in long term development, and uh, the, our mantra there until love conquers fear says that we stay with people in the long term and stay with them until they are independent themselves and can can have a livelihood and keep going themselves just like maybe many of us would here in Ireland have a decent livelihood so it's the long term development until love conquers fear that we will conquer the fear that maybe whatever fear each family may be having in different parts of the world that we're there and we're supporting families through our local partner organizations that we have out there so our ethos is working with local partners so we're not just going in there with our solution that we sit down and we talk to local organizations find out what are the best local solutions and then look for sustainability to those solutions as well so it really speaks to our uh, program of work um, until love conquers fear and Callum, uh, Troker's been doing some work now for a good number of years. I think it started off in the early 70s, did it? Yes, indeed, John. Uh, Troker, it was established in 1973 as the Overseas Development Agency of the Catholic Church in Ireland. So we were founded by, by the bishops at the time in response, in, in, in an immediate response to, to a, a crisis, uh, a hurricane crisis that had happened in Bangladesh. So from then on, then the bishops realised that there are many countries in the world which need help. And the organization was created in response to that widening gap between the rich and poor. And then they recognized, the bishops recognized that we all have, we're all called to have a collective duty to reduce poverty. And just to give you a line, John, from the pastoral letter at the time on the foundation of Trocra, they said that these duties are no longer a matter of charity, but of simple justice. <laughs> So our justice message is very real, and it's our it's our charism, really, you know. Uh, and I mean, you've been carrying on the work yourself and your predecessors over the last well, nineteen seventy three. It's a good number of years now. So it's about forty seven years. Forty seven yeah. years. Sure. You've done some work, and, and, and of course, you have various strategies. I think um, 2016, 2020, Just briefly, what what, what did that include, um, Colin? Um. Well, John, what what we aim to include that we so with with any strategy, and I suppose any organisation who knows going through a strategy is is uh, really looking at uh, factors, and in our particular situation, was looking at factors that drive poverty and injustice, and maybe coming to a solid understanding in where we can have the most impact. So, for example, we we um fo- we're we're focusing on. And we're building expertise now in these three main areas, resource rights. And with the resource rights, John, it's all about ensuring that those in need have access and control and the ability to protect and to use critical resources. So, for example, like land and water. And then there are one of the other areas is women's empowerment. We, uh, we work in a lot of countries where, where women have no vice. And sadly, women are treated as second-class citizens in decisions that affect their lives within their homes and their communities and beyond. So we, we work to strive that women are treated equally in the same way as men are. And then, of course, what we're probably known for as well is, is our humanitarian preparedness and response. So, for example, with Cyclone Edi last year mm. that re- responded to the crises in Malawi 
and other parts of Africa. And also then, for example, a couple of years ago uh, with that earthquake in Nepal, that we actually have staff that will go out there. And we also worked in with our, if we happen to base in that particular country where an emergency may happen, a humanitarian emergency may happen, we work with sister agencies through our Caritas network. So Caritas is the international network of all organizations similar to Trocra. So we would work with them and help them as well. And so that brings it, of course, until this year. I mean, each, each year, as we said, there's a Lenten campaign. I know you have a number of other, just before I come on to the Lenten campaign. Troca just doesn't try to um, collect money during Lent. You've got lots of other things happening in various parts of the year. Would that be right in terms of fundraising? Oh, we, we would have indeed. And, and say, for example, with regard to... Um Say apart from apart from our Lent fundraising, say for example, I know in my particular role, I, I'm an, an outreach officer with Troca, so that means I go out and talk to people about the work of Troca. So I talk about the work of Troca in parish communities and also in schools. So and our development education team in Troca have a, a very robust program of resources which are available on our website, and and very similar in. They have we have resources for early years, primary school, um, post primary and youth resources. And so that's and in answer to um, your question, John, the aim of Troca is twofold: not only to give whatever help we can to the areas of greatest need amongst the developing world, but also part of my work is to make people like your listeners aware of the needs of these countries and how we can help them and how we can say impact on poverty. And the only way. A lot of us can get, will know about those problems is to be informed about them and know about them. So through all those resources and through our outreach to people, we go around and we tell people about our work and about the different injustices that are going on. And John, we also have a we have a policy team in Trocra, and they're always advocating for changes in policies with the governments in the countries where we work. So very often, very often governments are are in in cahoots maybe with 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 um, big businesses, say for example, to use an example of a campaign we're having at the moment, and that uh, big businesses are going into communities and maybe destroying small communities. So we actually have a, a petition online at the moment, which is asking the Irish government for a binding United Nations treaty to call big businesses out on this, and that this should not be happening to native indigenous people where we are and indeed going through your website today i think you have a new section too don't you and within that new section the various bits of information come through from your colleagues in various parts of the world well worth us maybe our listeners to take a look at that just to just to see the sort of work and the sort of reaction you are getting from those who benefit yeah absolutely john and it is well worth people's uh, time to go in and Look, look at look at the work we're doing and look at the changes that are happening because of our impact. So say, for example, even in the little intro that you played there, that music intro, you, you would have heard about like in Malawi, we are providing food for many, many families because we're making their land resourceful. And any any farmers um, who are listening in to, this morning will will realize that w- out there we use sustainable methods so we're actually using a lot of agroecology methods at the moment and I just noticed myself on ear to the ground over the last number of weeks 
they're talking, they're uh, they're encouraging more farmers here to be using agroecological methods. And these methods are helping families, very poor families, to make the most out of their land, especially when they're in places where climate change has affected them and they're not getting as much rain as they used to. So what Troker are helping local organisations is to is to maybe implement uh, irrigation systems and drainage systems so that they can make use of water and make the best use out of their land and, and grow the right vegetables for them to eat as well. And of course, you mentioned the climate change. And I mean, that's uh, that's very topical these days. And therefore, it, it would be in our in the interest, maybe, of ourselves and our listeners, maybe to take a look at websites like yourself, just to see the sort of impact it has on those who um, maybe don't have the resources that we have and really need us to help. And maybe um, help us to appreciate um, how we can, in fact, help the environment, which in turn helps these people. That'd be, that'd be right. It would be absolutely correct to say that, John. And uh, even on our parish website page, uh, on the Troker website, we actually have 100 different ways that parishes can implement ways in their uh, in their communities to to help to help uh, curb the the whole the whole essence of climate change. And say, and we find, for example, that. And I, I'll go on to talk about that now in a couple of minutes about the story of of Madras on our Lenten box this year. That like they they are suffering from climate change because they've had no rains. And I know it's very um, peculiar for us to think that there's a country out there. There's there are countries out there that get no rain, considering especially in the last couple of weeks the amount of rain we're after getting here ourselves. Very nice. It just brings us into this year's Lenten campaign. So would you like to introduce us to? To what that focus is about, please. I, I will indeed, John. Uh, this year, it's a we've we've had a new move this year. Whereas in other years we may have had just children on the box. This year we actually have um, two two mothers from two different families, and we have their two of their children on the box. So we have Madras from Kenya, and her, with her on the box we have her son Alex and her daughter Jai Faith. And then in Honduras, we have a mother named Angela with her baby, Helen, and her son's Jackson as well. So Jackson is just five years of age. So they're two, they're two completely different stories, but what they show is uh, brave women like Madras and Angela helping to protect their families in different parts of the world, you know, so... And just to give people, a, you know, just a flavour, I, I think um, Angela, based in Honduras, um, her particular problem is around the forest, is it? Or, or yes, around, mm-hmm. absolutely, John. Um, uh, her story is about co- corporations are coming into their village community, big businesses, and destroying the forests and poisoning the water. So they're cutting down all the trees, and and this is all in the location of Angela's village. So what's happening then to little children like baby Helen and Jackson, which we see in the box, they're all they're they're getting sick because a lot of those communities, because they're so poor, they use the rivers for a lot of cleaning and for washing, and so like they're getting sick from the use of the water. So Angela is one of these bra- very brave women who's fighting back, and in countries like Honduras, John, just to explain maybe to your listeners, they um. A lot of a lot of the village communities are part of different tribes, so maybe it's probably very similar to maybe what parish you may come from here in Ireland. 
So Angela is part of a tribe called the Tulupan tribe. But what Angela did and a number of people in their community, they stood in front of these big bulldozers who were coming in to cut down their forest and they stopped them from coming in. So what has happened now is that uh, nine people from that community, including Angela, are facing jail sentences because of their stance. And Troker are advocating on Angela's behalf and on the other eight that this won't happen and that their families won't be split up and these people will not be put in jail. And we're also advocating, as I said earlier, about about calling out these big businesses and 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 telling people that this is this is not right, this is wrong, and calling on people in Ireland then to sign the petition which is on our website for a UN binding treaty which calls businesses out for for any corrupt behaviour that may be going on, you know? So so it's really like, you know what I mean, it's a really heartfelt story where Angela is very brave and she realises herself that she's very brave in standing up for her village and standing up for her family. And again, um, there's another lady who, who again is very brave. She's a mother of six in Kenya and this is Madras. Yes. That's Madras, John. And Madras and our family, as I said, they did not cause climate change. And we often hear on our news programs now and on TV, on radio, that the people who are suffering the most because of climate change are people like Madras's family in different parts of the world. And still in Kenya, like they suffer the brunt of the climate change. The rains don't come, the crops wither. So children like Alex and Little Joy Faith, they often get just one meal a day. So what Troker is doing that we're helping Madras to do all she can to provide for her family. But she can't do it without the generosity of people like your listeners or the generosity of all the parishioners throughout Ireland who support our Linton campaign every year. So I suppose our, our plea with people is, is to please give and let your love conquer fear like during this Linton season and, and for Angela's family and for Madras family and for many families like those families, like they're examples of all the families that we help with in the many countries where we work. And so, Colm, after, after listening to that, especially when you remind us again of, of, of children just having one meal a day, how can we help? How can we, the, the listener, both a parishioner maybe, or the listener? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, well we're, obviously we're the agency of the Catholic Church, so we can, uh, and we often ask families, and I know Magistrate's family and Angela's family have asked us to pray for them, so we can obviously pray for them yes. and include them in our prayers, say prayers of the faithful during the Lenten season. Okay, we can obviously contribute to the choker box as well, and maybe just to give you two examples of where money can go, because very often people say to sure, sure, I, I would have very little money to give, and we, and we, we, we know that some people would have very little money to give. But just to give you an example of, of what 10 euro could do. 10 euro could, can provide eggs for a hungry family like Madras's family. And that's why helping them to buy two chickens. So like 10 euro would help them to buy two chickens and they would provide eggs for them to keep them, in, keep them with food, very simply. And then 30 euro can light the night for children like Jackson and baby Helen in Angela's household by helping provide solar lamps. So, like we can do, we can do something with everything we receive. So it's a like it's a, it's a that campaign is really good from that point of view. And then also 
John, we often find that when the choker box is given out in churches, like we give them out in in envelopes, and there's information on, say, for example, this year with Madras's family, and then there's information on Angela's family. But what we find is that sometimes people only take out the box, and they, they never look at anything else that's within the box. Mm-hmm. So what we have this year, and we had it, we had it last year too, and we got good, very good feedback that it was a very good idea. So we have a Lenten calendar. And it's very like the Advent calendar, that there's a thought for each day. So this Lenten calendar could be stuck up on the fridge in your house, or if the if children wanted to bring it into the school, they could have it in their school. Mm-hmm. So like there's different thoughts for each day. So say for example, I just I'll just pick out a couple of a couple of thoughts, and like they're not always directly related to the Lenten story, because like we we believe that that we can educate ourselves every way by using the calendar so say for example on the 27th of march for example it says visiting the sick and the lonely is a blessing during lent so as well as thinking of as well as thinking of madras's family and angela's family we can also think of the people around us in our own community by maybe just call see them and say hello and then maybe on another day of the week we says what would you tell older brothers and sisters like alex or like uh, joy face about your life in Ireland. So like what 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 one of my direct one of my colleagues that I work with in Troker, Anna, Anna visited Madras's family in Kenya during last summer and Madras Madras told her that her favourite time of the day was sitting down with her family at night time and having a chat and just asking them how they were. So like a family could do that in their household just for a couple of minutes. And like so, uh, you, you could ask someone, well, what would you tell those little children in the box about your life in Ireland? So like that, you know, just to involve themselves. Good idea. Yeah. Can you give us a few contact details, um, please, for yourself, just in case people would want to get in touch with yourself, have a look at your website, and maybe there's a few things on there. For instance, just before we go any further, there was a nice little idea, and I found out there during the, uh, during the week when I was taking a look at your website, I think Supermax, um, they collected about 50,000 euros, I think, last year for Trump. Was that right? They did indeed. Yeah, yeah. Through their, um, through, through their networks. And we, in a lot of the Supermax now, people will see that there's actually a, a Trocra box where you buy your food. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great way of fundraising. And also, um, this year, which is a good thing now to point out, John, that you, you, you've mentioned Supermax. We're, we're rolling out a tap to donate, considering a lot of our society are going cashless now, so people only work with their bank cards. So say, for example, if you're in Supermax and you're ordering your Supermax meal deal, that you can also tap to donate with your card as well. And it may be, it may be two euro or five euro, whatever, whichever one you want to take yourself, you know? So like, it's another way of just uh, instilling in people's minds, we're we're here to help Choker as well, you know. So buy a Big Mac or whatever it is, and then help 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 somebody out in the on the other side of the world. Yes, great idea. Yes. Well yeah. done. So again, and I think we've and just before we leave that particular idea, I think last year, the year before, you had people even organized organizing trad sessions and that sort of stuff, didn't you? Yes, whatever. Did yeah, yeah, and I and I like they all raise awareness and and they also raise valuable funds for us. And also, in 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 the Limerick Dices as well, John, we. We have a number of volunteers now who work for us in different 
in in different parishes around the diocese of Limerick, and um, they do great work for us. They speak at masses for us about the work of Trophy, and they raise awareness in their own parishes and communities. Very good. So that's great to have. Very well. Okay, so a few contact details. The reason why I'm saying this is maybe people have ideas. Maybe they want to contact you um, and ask yeah. you how to do this. So how would, uh, how would they get in touch with... Uh, so our, our, our main phone line uh, in our head office in Minute is, uh, is 01-6293-333. And like they, can, they can look for myself, Colm Hogan. And, uh, and then our website address is www.trofa.org. And like they can go into our parish page, our education page, and they will find a number of of resources with regard to how to help us during our Linton campaign. A very comprehensive website because I took it myself, in, including that news item. I think people take yes. a look at that news section and then they'll get a good idea. Yes, yeah. Colin, thank good. you so much indeed for spending time to talk to us this morning. But before we go, I just noticed there was something out there was a little prayer on the website, and this was actually, um, I think it was actually written by um, Father Patrick Barassa. There was a yes. project manager out there somewhere. Maybe you can just give me the background to this and maybe lead, lead us into that prayer place before we leave. I will indeed. Um, the background to this is Father Patrick Barassa is actually a priest in a parish called Ishiara Parish. And as I said at the beginning, we work through local partner organizations. So uh, Ishiara Parish are one of those partners that we work with in Kenya. And they're actually the local partner organization which are working in Madras's community. And that prayer for rain, he actually met a, as I said, my colleague Anna was in Kenya, so he actually met a plead to Anna to pray for rain during the Lenten campaign for families in Kenya. And and Anna told him the story, well, we, we have a lot of rain in Ireland. So he was he was laughing about that, but he says, it will raise awareness amongst the people in Ireland that there are countries which need rain. And that prayer for rain is actually within our parish resource, which again can be found on our website and which is a very good resource for people to use in parish situations. So I'll, I'll pray the prayer just to finish off. Would I? Please. So God our Father, we thank you this time for the gift of life, the gift of the world you gave to us. We also thank you for the gift of faith that keeps us going. Lord, we pray for rain, especially in this Ishiara parish and in all parts of Kenya that are dry. You, Lord, are the provider of everything. You're the one who brought us where we are, and you have a good plan for us. Lord, I pray that you may look at the suffering of your people, especially those who lack rain, those who have nothing to eat because of the effects of drought and hunger that is caused by climate change. We pray, Lord, that you may give us your graces and you may send rain to this area. Therefore, your people will be able to live a good life. We pray, Lord, you will give us courage to preserve our environment so that the environment may provide for us as we continue to preserve it. May we also have the investment for future generations. We make our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Callum Hogan, thank you so much. Callum Hogan from Troca. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing that information with us this morning. And again, God bless you and all of your colleagues with your work. And we will certainly remember those two special people, Angela and Madras, in our prayer throughout this Lenten. So again, Thank thanks a lot. We might just go out with a, with a second piece of music here on the programme, and maybe this is opportune. It's from the World Youth Day um, in Rome, 2000, and this one is entitled, Go Make a Difference. So come back and join us in part three, where we'll read and reflect on the Word of God. Mm-hmm.
Welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined uh, on the other end of the Skype line by Shane Ambrose. And we hope you enjoyed that information that our good friend Conor Hogan from Troker shared with us in part two. This part of the programme is we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel, today's Gospel. Before that, Shane will share a prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often capable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, the seventh Sunday in ordinary time, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 38 to 48. Jesus said to his disciples, You have learned how it was said, Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I say this to you, Offer the wicked man no resistance. On the contrary, if anyone, hits, if anyone hits you on the right cheek, offer him the other as well. And if a man takes you to the law and would have your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone orders you to go one mile, go two miles with him. Give to anyone who asks, and if anyone wants to borrow, do not turn away. You have learned how it was said, you must love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say this to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In this, day, in this way, you will be sons of your Father in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on bad men as well as good, and his rain to fall on honest and dishonest men alike. For if you love those who love you, what right have you to claim any credit? Even the tax collectors do as much, do they not? And if you save your greetings for your brothers, 
Are you doing anything exceptional? Even the pagans do as much, do they not? You must there, therefore be perfect, just as your Heavenly Father is perfect. So that's the Gospel for today. It's the, the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time. Now, Shane, we're right up against the time. Um, I have to cut you to about two minutes max, please, of a reflection. Sorry about that. No hassle, John. Well, I suppose this week's Gospel, I suppose, is extremely familiar to us. It's the Gospel where Jesus pretty much sets it out, what it means to be a Christian. And it's very countercultural. It's very challenging. It's very familiar. And of course, the challenge for us, and it's probably an interest. It's probably a good gospel for us to reflect on as we enter into the Lenten season, is how well how well do we measure up to the challenge that Jesus puts before us in terms of what it is to be His disciple? Uh, not the easiest thing in the world to do. Uh, it calls for extreme generosity of heart in many many ways, and I think for us as we reflect on it and we pray on it over the Lenten season. Given recent happenings, I suppose, particularly in the world of Twitter and Instagram, um, you know, it's probably something for us to think about and reflect on how we deal and respond and answer back to people, and particularly people that are in the public eye. Um, I suppose another thing that it strikes me about it is that that particular line for is, you know, if if you love those who love you, right, what right have you to claim any credit? Even the tax collector does does as much do they not and i suppose the context of that line is of course the tax collectors were absolutely despised in the in the the holy land at the time of jesus so it's kind of putting it up to us and saying well you know for us as christians it's not enough that we do what everyone else in society does which is the minimum that people do but rather the challenge for us is to live up and far beyond what society expects of us and to respond to the call that Jesus has put out there before us. A difficult gospel, I would say, John, this Sunday. One of three that we've had in the approach to Lent. And I would say to people, this is one that perhaps you should take as your Camino journey for Lent. Uh, one of those gospels that maybe you should dip back into again and again and reflect on and challenge. Lent is a period of transformation and metanoia, turning back to the gospel. And it's very much a time when we should be challenged out of our complacency by hearing again what the challenge that Christ puts before us as Christians and as his disciples. Thanks a lot for Shane. Shane, that, that's, that, that's just what I was thinking. I agree with you entirely. Taking this gospel as the challenge for Lent. That, that's, that's one of the things that I'm going to try and do anyway because there's a lot in it, there's a lot of challenges there. Um, just got to go in and take my time with it. Shane, thank you so much indeed for joining us today. We, uh, as Shane said, next week we're going to start a series um, that we're going to be proposed to do for Lent. So that's for the second part of each programme during Lent. We're going to have a different guest on to reflect on uh, three different stations. So next week we'll be taking station one, station two and station three during the second part. So if you'd like to join us with this, uh, or maybe you'd like to let other, other, other people know what we're going to do and they might want to even just listen in and, and share with us. Again, they can share with us online too if they like. That's by com. Just Google Come and See Inspirations. Or join us here on Sacred Space. And we'll, we'll be able maybe to pray the stations ourselves. But in the meantime, we'll leave you with a final piece of music. This might be ideal this week, maybe to help us to, in our reflection on this particular gospel. It's by John Michael Talbot, and it's entitled The Peace, the Peace Prayer. So from, from Shane and myself for next week, God bless you all now. Bye. Bye. Lord, make me an 
Of your peace, where. 